Welcome to this very exciting episode, as always, of the ins and outs with myself, Jojo, and the very lovely Polly. On this episode, I'm going to be telling you about how to use panelling to keep the damp out. Polly's going to be taking on a paving masterclass. I will be solving Polly's vent issue. Uh, We're going to be talking about what to do in the garden this month. Uh, Book club recommendations, and I'm going to give my celebrity hall pass. And of course, what's in and what's out. And this week, we are so excited to be sponsored by the absolutely brilliant Ancient and Brave. Now, if you haven't heard of them, Ancient and Brave make pure, potent and sustainable supplements to help you think, feel and look your very best. Now, dude, you know that I've been on Project Skin and it's Ancient and Brave True Collagen that I've been using for the last month. I absolutely love it. And the reason I love it the most is because it doesn't taste of anything. I mix it into my tea in the morning. You would not know it was there. I mean, the reason I'm loving it is just because they're damn sexy packaging. Their packaging is absolutely beautiful and their website is something to behold. Go and check them out at ancientandbrave.earth. Oh, I didn't know you could have an earth. Love that. Did you know you could have an earth? I didn't know you could have an earth. Good morning, my old girl. Good morning, my darling. How are you? I am better i've been very poorly <laughs> you have been poorly you poor pet haven't you don't don't I wait have. for it wait for it was it covid i know <laughs> obviously the first thing my parents asked me yeah is it covid is it COVID? have you tested are you okay I, do you know what i did test did you because i did would you always test for covid it's one of those things now isn't it it's we all just assume who knows who in, knows? in years to come it'll be like oh is it flu is it covid Everyone just this is it. COVID. The best thing is, if you're not feeling well, is ginger. Ginger shots. Ginger hmm. shots for the win. Yeah, the brilliant ginger shots. The super, super intense ones. They are just so brilliant. They're just like nuking everything. The power of ginger, I tell you. The power of ginger. It's very healing, isn't it? Very um, So I, I basically spent the last three days in bed. I've watched a brilliant television show, oh. which I highly recommend, called Griselda. Okay, Griselda. Add to the list. Oh add to that enormous list brilliant. of things I'll never ever watch. It's about, it about Griselda Blanco, which okay. doesn't sound good when you say it. In, you've got to say it in a Spanish like Griselda Blanco. Was that German? That was Spanish. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> I think we'll let the listeners decide what that sounded like. It's about a, she was uh, an amazing, amazing is probably the wrong word, uh, female drug baron oh. in the sort of 70s and 80s. Rock and roll. In Miami. She was from Colombia. 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 Okay. Okay, the way she go. said it sounds amazing. And it's Sofia Vergara from Modern oh, Family. Yeah. Oh, oh she's, my God. She's actually Brad's, she's Brad's crush. Oh. She's Brad's pass. Do you have a pass, you know? Do you have a pass? I don't need a pass, do I? You don't anymore. You don't anymore. No. <laughs> Who's your pass? My man crush. I'm mean, going to love a bit of Ryan Reynolds just because he just seems like such a nice guy. He's just sexy, isn't he? But fun. He looks really fun. Uh, that's actually Brad's man crush as well, to be honest. Well, that could be fun. Who's your man crush? I really like Alexander Skarsgård. He was in True Blood. He's very tall. He was in Big Little Lies. Extremely tall, blonde man. It's because we're tall girls. I think when you're, when, you're tall, when you're tall girls, you feel like you need a tall man just to be able to look after you, defend you. Not that we need defending, like let's be man. honest. I think men need defending from <laughs> us, to be honest. <laughs> we'll fight him off. Oh, dear. Um, anyway, Gosh, excellent anywho. show. Highly recommend. So if Good. you, if, I watched it 
like binge. You know when you get one of those shows that you genuinely are excited to watch the next one? And those are rare, I think. It, it was brilliant. So that's yeah. my little recommendation. How about you, pal? What have you been up to? I have actually been outside clearing my garden. And I've honestly, and I, I don't know if this is you, Paul, but I've definitely picked up. I think there's a reason for this. I've really picked up the gardening bug. Yay! And I, th- I think not only because of you, but I'll tell you why I think that is. Because I can't do much in my house at the moment and I just sort of, you know, as I always say, I've just accepted that it is what it is and I'm very happy with it being the way it is. But therefore I have control in the garden and there's no pressure on me because yeah. I don't have anyone anything to prove to anyone or show to anyone. The, the garden is... I'm just kind of learning and, and what's this? What's that? Look at this bulb. What's that from last year? And because it's now our third year here, I know now know what's happening to each of those plants and trees. And I'm observing and thinking, do I like that? Not sure. And then I, I don't know, I'm starting to, I've got the bug. I like being out yeah. there. Rain or shine. I've realized I actually just like pottering. I get the word pottering now. There's nothing better than pottering. It's the thing I'm most looking forward to about, about being retired. What I'm not looking forward to about, about it, though, I have to tell you, is, again, being a tall girl, my back when I'm gardening is not not good. Mm, what do you, yeah. how, do, how do people garden all day long with their backs? I mean, I don't, it's like, I'm like a crane. It's like, it's a long well, way down. That's, that's why a lot of people use kneelers, I think. Oh, right. Maybe I need a kneeler. But I think even kneeling is not comfortable for long periods of time, is it? But that's what the point of a kneeler is, pal, because it's like a padded thing for you to kneel on. But then even you're still hunched over, aren't you? Hunched over your bed. Well, yes, at our height, yes, you are. But mm. I'm so happy you've got the... But welcome I've to the, the outie side. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort but of hanging out at the door. You know, I'm mean, like at the front door, like hang in and out, in and out. And it can't quite... You know, I love it. I love it. But there's no pressure for me because it still looks like a dog's dinner. And then I have to also thank my, my um, mates at Arlen Bloom because they do always come and do an amazing job of doing all the heavy stuff like trimming hedges and we live on a we've obviously got this paddock and it's got footpath and the whole way around the footpath just always needs sorting out and it's a real mess so they always come and sort that out for me which is amazing do you know what pal though the biggest joy in hearing you say that is Mm. exactly why I love gardens and gardening so much is because gardening is an experiment and you will get things wrong even the best get things wrong but the joy is is exactly as you say getting out there and having a go and it's one of the first things we say to people when they move into a new house is watch your garden for a year if you can watch it for a year you'll learn you'll learn about it and you'll learn what you like what you don't like but also just gardening is constant experimentation and that's the joy it's not meant to be this is the exact way to do everything and you're you're a crap gardener if you don't do it this way it's nonsense that's the joy of it there is so much more to do out there there's and actually even this year because obviously as you know last year was the first year I planted tulip bulbs and this year there are some I didn't take up and they're all coming up and I'm so interested to see what they look like this year the second time around because I know you always say get them up don't you because they're never going to look as good the next year round. well I mean in a border I usually leave them mm. so it's only in pots I remove them but in a border you know as long as they're not offensive because sometimes you get a little bit of an unwelcome visitor and you end up with a neon yellow or a red tulip that oh. you did not want sometimes Ooh. that just happens must yep. be quite fun to see where squirrels drop them as well because they like scattering them around don't they in the winter well they like to eat them the oh, do they? bastards, oh, bastards. My, sorry dropped my mic and on to books poll our little ins and outs book club so what's your book of the week this week my book of the week which is one that i've been listening to over the course of january is it's absolutely brilliant and it's non-fiction it's it's not self-help i don't like that description but it's a it's a time management book. It's called 4,000 Weeks and 4, it's by Oliver weeks. Berkman. 
Quick synopsis. Quick blurb. Well, that's about our lifetime. 4,000 weeks, which is a bit depressing. Don't think about it too much. No, I don't think I like thinking about things in hours and days. No, but I mean, you know, all being well, if you're lucky, we get about 4,000 weeks. Right. But the reason this book is so good is because it's not giving you a load of hacks as to how to be more efficient with your time. It's not sort of saying get up at 5am and do an extra hour because I think we've had enough of those and trying Mm. to cram more into a busy life. What it's actually doing is educating you that your life and your time is finite and so you actually need to make some hard decisions about what you are and aren't willing to do and oh there was this this great I can't remember it exactly so forgive me for for sort of shortening it but essentially the word decide comes from the same origins as homicide suicide which means the death of something Mm. and decide is the death of a of an option when you decide you're essentially choosing one option and allowing the other option to die. So, which I thought was quite, quite interesting. So the whole book is about sort of going, you can't do it all. So you need to prioritize the things that you aren't willing to let go of. So it's a lot about sort of eating the frog, which means uh, doing the thing, which is the most important for you at the beginning of the day. And the thing that's really spoke to me, and I bet it speaks to you too, Jojo, is he talks a lot about how a lot of people go, right, I'll just clear the emails and then I'll do the the X, the Y. Oh my gosh, I do this all the time. Right. I do this and all so- the time. And it, you're, supposed to, you're supposed to tackle the thing you don't want to do the most at the beginning of the day, exactly, eat, eat the frog. Yes. So that it doesn't sort of sit with you and dwell and suck energy from you in all the little yeah. things that you're doing so get that so horrible thing out of the way first don't do the clearing of the emails because you'll find oh whoops I've spent my whole day clearing emails yeah do the thing you needed to do and then clear the emails later and it has been a game changer for me mm. in terms of productivity and making sure that I achieve those really important time sensitive things so and very freeing you know you can't do it all you're gonna have to say no to some stuff you yeah know, we love saying no to things don't we but that's I do. That's a new thing for me. Yep. Brilliant book. Four thousand weeks. Just and actually, I would recommend you listen to it on Audible. I don't think it's. I'm not great at sort of any of those books which are more about um, business. I think they're easier to listen to than they are to read. Okay. Fab. Thanks, Paul. That's a great book recommendation. Four thousand weeks. All right, my friend. Let's move into some questions because we've got some great innie questions today. So, Kaylee. We're hoping to purchase a little Edwardian cottage built in 1905. My dream would be to have it panelled all over inside in true Jojo style. Can there ever be a worry with older properties with damp and trapping in the airflow? Any tips? Oh, good question. I like this one. Um, Yes, panelling is... Panelling was actually... Panelling's been around since the 13th century so it wasn't believe it, it wasn't me that brought it in um <laughs> i have made it rather no? fashionable um but no paneling has been around for a really long time and the reason it was actually initially used was to actually keep damp and cold out so in ah. fact this question is is a real good one um i would first encourage you to make sure that there's definitely no mold before you just go putting paneling on a wall so check that it's not if there is damp that potentially might come through, then panelling will be your friend. Uh, just make sure that you're using like an MDF moisture resistant panelling. Um, you can actually get, I think, a sort of foil backed panelling, which essentially will create a thermal layer um, in inside. However, I would just say be sure that you have a well insulated house because I think there's some sort of rules to insulating properties now. Um where you have to ensure that if there was a fire, it's not a fire risk. 
so that's the health and safety over but um but genuinely paneling is a really great way of of sort of keeping damp out uh, if done correctly and used properly but just take precautions just on what what really is going on in the wall if you are if you really do think there's sort of a bad mold problem or damp don't allow mold to just sit and fester yeah that's not the dream is it no not the dream but but paneling will be a great way to keep it keep it out so yeah really so- good question would you sorry I'm just going to, just to be really clear about this would you therefore make sure that you had it damp tested first so that you weren't essentially putting a plaster over a problem I would yeah do you know there's a lot of reports going around at the moment actually in the news about mold living with mold and the dangers of it and mold spurs and um, health risks so if you really do think you have a damp problem I would get it looked at first that you don't have rising damp or anything like that. If you have like drafts, panelling is a really good way to stop drafts coming through as well. Can I just hop on the draft thing for a Go second? On. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it doesn't really matter because I'm going to change it all. But my living room is freezing because I've got those, um, is it called a trickle vent? I don't trickle know. Vents. Trickle vents, damn trickle I've got vents. these, these, but it's massive. It's sort oh. of the size of um, a, a paperback book, maybe a bit bigger, mm. uh, sort of gold with slits. But I mean, if I put my hand up against it, it's like a little howling gale. Okay. It's, the, and it makes my room so cold. So the reason that will be in, do you have, a, do you have an open fire in your room or somewhere? I have a fireplace, yes. Whereabouts is it? Like in the middle of the room on the wall, you know. That's why. So if you have a fire, an open fire or a fireplace yeah. in that room, you have to have a hole that's the circumference, about, honestly, about 150 millimetres wide that go, can go outside. That, that that has to be enough air ventilation for that fire. Oh. If you sealed up the fireplace, you'd probably be able to seal up that hole. But that is a regulation, especially when you come to redo the house. You need to consider that. I had no um, idea because it makes the room bloody cold. It makes, the, it makes it cold. I, yeah. I mean, I in one of one of our rooms where we have one, I actually got some sheep wool and I stuck it in the hole um, because it was so cold. This sh- yeah. f- freezing cold air shooting into the room. It's supposed to be ventilation. It's supposed to be. I, see. I mean, we had our we had these um, all of our cavity walls. And actually, Paul, this is something you should look at. How old's your house? I think it's fifties, sixties. Ish. Yes, exactly the same as ours. So you've probably got a double brick slip um, and then between the bricks of your outside of your house, you'll have a, a hole, essentially a gap. Yes. Yeah. And in the old days, they sort of 100 years ago, they would stuff that with a sort of sheep's wool insulation. Mm. Over time, that slips down. It sort of almost disappears to nothing with moisture right. in time and it slips down and then therefore you have no decent insulation on your, in your walls. So if the walls of your house aren't insulated, if you literally put your hand against them, especially around sort of window areas, you can feel the cold almost coming through the bricks. Yeah. It's worth looking at insulating your walls. Um, we had it done and it was mind blowing. It's actually quite, we had a, I've got a really funny story about it actually, but what they do is they drill holes all around the outside cavity into the cavities and then they pump it full of these tiny little silver foam balls. Um, and it sticks together. I thought like you were going to say of, sort of like a goo or like no, a, a it's foam. No, balls. So they actually sort of, they can move, move a bit essentially. Um, Clever. And so the whole cavity is essentially filled with these silver balls and it creates a, a, a sort of, you know, insulation. Um, that is obviously hugely beneficial if you're trying to warm up your house and therefore save mm. save on, you know, heating costs. Um, however, when they do that, that's when they would usually put a whopping great hole. If you've got a fireplace in your house, they would probably put, 
some sort of a hole in the wall. So it could be that you've had some form of insulation done in your house mm. in the last 20 years or something. That's why you've got that vent in your bedroom. Um, huh. Yeah, but look into that. But I'll tell you one thing that's really funny. We've got a very funny roof line our house has been added to over the years and our roofs are sort of all a bit mash up. And they they went to insulate. I think I was, I left them too because they were there all day. They were here all day and I went out to the shops, came back. They let, they were sort of packing up, ready to go. They're like, see you later. Off they went in their big, you know, this big truck full of these beads. Anyway, sort of wandering around the house and you could, it's got a sort of slightly funny smell, these, these beads. So I walked, I walked into, <laughs> opened Ziggy's room, opened her bedroom door and the door almost got stuck. And I, shoved the door open and the entire bedroom was filled with these silver balls it was stuck on the curtains the toys I mean you couldn't see her toys they'd blasted it and it's when I say it's blasted it's blasted through these small holes and they obviously what they'd done because of the roof line they hadn't seen that in fact instead of going into the cavity wall they'd gone into the bedroom no yeah and they had to come back and like try and remove these balls. We were finding silver balls for, I mean, even still when I'm in the garden, I still find these little silver balls, like, you know, in their flower beds. But yeah, it was not, I mean, it was, it was amusing. How the hell at first. did they remove them? I mean, the kids thought it was so funny because it looked like something from a space. It, it looked like it was just everything was silver and all her teddy bears were just sprayed in these silver. You couldn't see the teddy bear for the silver balls. Oh my God. Is it safe? Is it? Is they are, they're substance? really safe. That's why they're, right. they're very safe. But anyway, I, I would, yeah, look into it, anyone, actually, that's sort of, you know, they've got a very cold house and you've got your heating going 24-7. Do you look into insulation of your your, your walls, your loft, your floor even? You can even insulate mm. your floor when you come to do, you know, your foundations. Yeah, it was helpful. Thank you, pal. Just You're hopped welcome. on the, uh, the Q&A there. This is from an outie. Samantha is asking, Polly, I've had some very helpful outdoor paving tutorials a little while ago, but I was just wondering if you could do a very brief run through of the ones you didn't cover and the pros and cons of them. Deciding paving very soon and want to make sure I make the right decision. I'm a north facing garden with a lot of surrounding trees to my modest London garden. Thank you so much. Big pink heart, Sam. Okay, Sam, I've got you. She got you, girl. It is the number one thing that people get wrong. And it breaks my heart when we come to a project where the house has been done and they've just cursory. The builders recommended this one. So we put it in. Oh, no, the builders recommended it probably because it was the cheapest. Um, Right. So paving, here are your options. You have got sandstone, limestone, porcelain. Those are your big format paving that you can choose from. And then you've got small format. Sorry, can I interrupt? Why do I wince when you say porcelain for outside? Is it the slip factor thing makes me think slippy? Well, I wince a little bit when we talk about porcelain Mm. outside. I'll, I'll, I'll get to that. So if you want large format, you've got sandstone, limestone or porcelain. And then if you want small format, as in sort of the size of a brick, then you've got also the other option of, say, clay pavers and granite sets. But let's talk about big size, big format paving. Okay, and I'm going to do you the quickest canter through that I can. Sandstone. We rarely use it because it's quite a porous stone. Where we would use it is around a swimming pool because it's porous, which means it's not it's not slippy. It's made of sand. So obviously it's porous because it's made of sand so liquids will go through it and it will stain very easily so drop a glass of red wine on sandstone and you will be very upset and you need to clean that straight away you can seal sandstone and limestone but it it only stops the dirt and stains uh, going deep into the stone it won't stop it completely sandstone varies in price but it's probably your cheapest option and it's the one that often a a builder will put in they'll put in a sort of tumbled mint or things because they you can get them everywhere 
but they're also very uh, they can be very varied in tone as well so if you want to avoid that patchwork I wouldn't always go for a sandstone limestone is my favorite we use it the most and it comes in buffs and in greys we tend to lean towards the buffs it's harder wearing than a sandstone it's still semi-porous so it still will stain but to me it's uh it's tougher than a sandstone again they vary in price but they tend to be slightly more premium and then you've got porcelain which i know jojo says make you wince porcelain is um actually quite a good option for a north-facing garden which i know you said you had sam because if you've got paving in a north-facing garden and you've said it's got lots of trees it's very shady um natural stones could go quite green because they're porous uh so porcelain is something that we explore in shadier spots because it's not porous at all it's a printed tile uh so very very easy to clean what i would say is with whichever stone you're going to use you must check the slip rating slip rating sorry couldn't say that right because uh you cannot use interior tiles outside and also you don't want to use such a you may want quite a pale limestone or porcelain in your house you will not want the same level of paleness outside it will be too bright and it's something that we really fight with with clients who want that indoor outdoor look and they might have chosen some beautiful very pale limestone inside but outside that's going to really hurt your eyes show the dirt you're going to be constantly cleaning it so we always try and bring that warmth up and bring that sort of cool brightness down when we're outside so porcelain has its place in Uh, shadier gardens I actually had it in one of my old gardens and I loved it I used to have a sawn sandstone which was just green all the time because it was so shady and we swapped it to a a porcelain it was the best thing I've done so I do there are places for it but I do feel it lacks soul porcelain just lacks soul you can't get that sort of character that you get from paving which has you know, particularly limestone has these stunning fossils in it and variation in tones and it's a natural material. So I'll always be very excited about limestones and really lovely sandstones more than I will a porcelain, which is a printed tile. So that there are some very clever ones out there now which are designed to look like a limestone. They're very convincing, but that they will always have that sort of slightly monotone feel to them, which means I would be selective about whether I choose to porcelain but for north facing it's worth considering can you get tumbled porcelain tumbled edge no so the thing I ah yes so you You can can. have a tumbled edge so that's the one thing I don't I don't like so much about porcelain is that it's got a very sharp edge so when when we talk about tumbled Mm. by the way guys it's it means the edge where the tile the edge of the tile is essentially sort of lovely and tumbled as opposed to a straight cut tile um, tumbled means that you can actually it just feels slightly more organic um, and it's more natural looking yes and with tumbled so we have used there are certain suppliers that will do that sort of slightly wobbly edge to the porcelain it's very clever mm. and it works brilliantly it's more convincing however where it is an absolute pig is where you need to make cuts yeah, because it's a, you, yes uh, so round a swimming pool or where you edge suddenly you've you've got this beautiful tumbled edge on three sides and then a slick razor sharp cut. but I suppose you would have that even if you would had a tumbled edge limestone they have well, to be the same no because you can fettle the edge of a, a natural stone oh I see I suppose porcelain's, because, essentially, porcelain's essentially glass isn't it isn't it sort of glass 
Well, it's a printed sure? tile. So if you think about it, and also with porcelain, there's, uh, they're not all created equal. So you can have some porcelains, the print is only on the sort of top, I don't know, one millimetre, I'm not mm. totally sure, the very surface. So if you drop something on it, it chips, you're going to see the whiteness of the tile underneath. Uh, some, the colour will be put much further through and obviously you pay a premium for that but you can't chip the edge or treat the edge in any way with the porcelain because you're going to go into the the non-printed section of the tile Mm. and it also the other reason I don't love using porcelain is because it really limits your options in terms of steps and edges because again with a limestone or a sandstone you can have a beautiful curved bullnose and that color is the same throughout whereas if you're using a porcelain you can't bullnose porcelain without having them. They have to sort of glue it together and you get yeah. a seam. We have, the, we have exactly the same issue inside. So when we're using, and actually I would, I would urge anyone that's thinking of porcelain um, inside, that has, because sometimes people have to use porcelain because of the buildups of the floor levels. Yeah, same outside. So if you're doing, say, an extension and the existing house already exists and you've already got your wood floor in that part of the house and then suddenly you're moving into the next part of the house and you don't want to sort of step or level change or whatever it is or you don't want to have to replace the skirtings you might have to go with the porcelain please check there's something called the ramp test it's it's an r rating so it's like essentially a slip rating mm. um and if you're going with anything in indoor areas like bathrooms kitchens hallways you want an r9 rating and then it goes up to r10 r11 r12 r13 um for the sort of really hard traffic wet you know if it's an area outside that gets super wet so inside for instance for us r9 but probably when you go outside Polly, i'd have thought much higher like my friend 13 or something isn't it yeah. 12 much um, higher those slip ratings are really important so what i would say is do your research go on to the websites like london stone or all green have a look make sure it's got a high slip rating mm. porcelain does have its place we've done some beautiful projects and some of the most popular on our social media are ones where they've used porcelain because the client wants something which is relatively low maintenance easy to clean they don't necessarily want it to have a sort of rustic look they want something quite slick so in those formats it's good if there's one thing i could say it's not the thing to scrimp on it's the one thing we mm. really encourage clients to spend their money on there are other places that you can save money i actually what i find really interesting is how how much these ratings and building regulations vary country dependent so here we're pretty hot on everything i mean you can't you can't put new windows in now without having these trickle vents above your windows and things and Mm. all sorts of like things we're not allowed to do but you go to like i know italy or southern europe and you can get away with anything and the tiles Oh my God, the tiles in places like Italian villas, you, you go in a, or even hotels, you take a shower and that thing is like an ice rink when you get out of the shower. Absolutely lethal. My dad actually slipped, we were in, oh God, um, somewhere in Italy after my sister's wedding and he was sitting on the edge of the bed. He literally was sitting on the edge of the bed and he, the tiles were so slippery, they were like glass, that he slipped off the end of the bed, poor bastard, mm. and he cracked his coccyx on the floor. But they, honestly, they it's so... It's so funny how different things are here, but just think about that when you make, you know, when you when you're doing your own own renovation, your own build, or you're doing a bathroom replacement or kitchen, the slip rating is so important. Just even vital. Oh God, it it gives me the heebies thinking about someone slipping over in a shower. Jojo, I've got another innie question for you from Vicky. Hello, love the podcast. I'm normally an outie. Yes, Vicky, but you? I have an innie question, traitor. I have a street light outside my bedroom window. I bought blackout curtains, but the light still seeps in around the frame of the window, which affects my sleep. Do you have any stylish solutions for making the bedroom dark at night? 
Oh, Vicky, I feel your pain. I used to have that. I used to tape the sides of the curtain. Oh, do you, it, she's saying she's got blackout curtains, right? Yes, she's, she she's does, but the light curtains. gets in the sides, doesn't it? Oh, so annoying. It gets in the side. I have to tell you what I would do. But I tell you, we do this a lot in kids' bedrooms because um, a lot of parents request that in kids' bedrooms they have complete darkness. Yes. So we want nice curtains. We want it to look nice. But equally, it's got to be practical and we've got to keep that light out, that sort of 6 a.m., yeah. 5 a.m. light. So yeah. I would actually honestly just go as far as to recommend a good blackout roller blind. I thought you were going to say that. I do. Oh, I just, you don't see them when they're tucked up. Make sure they're sort of they're very natural in colour. They're blackout. They still could be the same colour as your walls. Get something really close to the colour of your walls. And they sit right. It's just a little roll. It's just literally, you know, five centimetres diameter. And it just sits right up inside your recess so that when it comes down at night, make sure it rolls. A lot of people get the roll the wrong way around. You want the roll to roll down closest to the window side, not roll. Oh, don't let it. Did it roll in front? It yeah, needs don't to be let hugging it the window. Because obviously That's the closer tip. to the window it can be, the more you're going to shut the light out. So get it okay, right so we've back got the blind. The mm-hmm. But then you can still get the light through the sides. I, I, I feel like I am Vicky. I have been there. Well, no, but then do you not your... close your curtains as much so that the curtains act as like the side barriers? No, I think on a, genuinely when you've got your blackout roller blind and then you've got your curtain. Only other thing you can do that's super stylish that if you're happy to spend a little bit more money, get a Roman blind blackout mm. Roman blind and have that as well as your curtains but have that outside the recess so fitted nice and high as I always say as high as you can the Roman blind and fitted outside of your recess so that you've got no trapped no light coming in at all I think that that's tiny the sliver. issue my friend it's the recess isn't it it's the light it that slithers the out so could it be that Vicky's curtains maybe aren't because if they were longer and they sort of sat further outside the recess they wouldn't be able to chink through right if they were wide, well, black no, because blackout curtains are blackout curtains. You can't blackout shouldn't let any light through unless they're just lined and they're not properly blackout. But blackout, blackout. So the only thing I can think is that the, the, it's seeping outside the edges of the, the edges left and right side, and then a potential yes. bit out the top. So yes. having something like a Roman blind that's blackout over the top of the recess, or indeed a little blackout that's in front of the window. Um, you don't forget you've got your frame you've got your window frame on your left and right too so when you've got your your little roller blind coming down you've still got a bit of give where the frame is so that should that should work but if you otherwise go a nice complimentary little stripy roman blind so we've got three point strategy here you're going for the blackout blind and the curtains and then potentially a roman as well yeah i mean that's excessive i would just do the roman or the roller fine Heading to out, outside, outie, outie. This one is from Catherine. Catherine is wondering, February is now here. What can we do out in the garden in February, Polly? Thanks so much. I love the podcast. Right, Catherine, let's do this. February is the time when I start cutting back the garden. So I am a big advocate of keeping the garden in place for as long as possible. So leaving those grasses up and all of the sort of nice seed heads that we've left for the winter, that we've left for wildlife, now is the time to start cutting them down. So for me, February is probably the time in the garden where it looks the most depressing because we are taking out all of that lovely, swishy winter structure from the grasses, which hopefully you have in your garden. And if you don't, I highly recommend you put some in. So you're going to cut down your ornamental grasses. It's also a really good time. I know the snowdrops feel like they've only just come out, but it's a great time to divide your snowdrops. If you've got lots, it's a great time just to dig them up, whack a spade through them, 
and divide them. It's a brilliant way of just spreading out your snowdrops or it's a really good time to buy them in the green. And in the green means that you're not buying a dried old bulb. They actually arrive in the green with leaves. Uh, It's the easiest way to spread snowdrops in your garden is to buy them in the green they can be a little tricky to grow from from a from a bulb so great time to put them in too uh you can also be pruning your late summer flowering clematis so not the ones that are going to flower very soon like montana but the ones that flowered right in late summer you can prune them now as well and then you can start thinking about dividing your herbaceous perennials but it sort of depends on the weather watch the weather because if we're about to get snow I'd wait until March but if it's at the moment it's incredibly mild you can start digging things up it's also a great time to move things in the garden as well we get a lot of questions about when you should move things in the garden and the answer is you can start doing that now amazing so busy time okay now on to the stupid question although it's actually not a stupid question this is from Dan it's actually she's saying it's more of a fun question than a stupid question but which season would you be and why oh stop it I love this question (laughs) what would I be oh I know I know I know oh you tell me what's yours I would be autumn tell me why because I I by the end of the summer I'm slightly over the fact that it's just it's been hot 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 and um and I just love nothing more than the colours of autumn when everything starts turning it gets a bit chillier. I mean, I think after a really long summer, all you really want is to get inside a pub and eat a roast. You want a roast. I want to put my big woolly socks on. I want to start getting warm. But it's the colours for me. Honestly, the colours of autumn. It's They are literally my branding colours. That I think they talk to my inner soul. Like those those rusty reds and the olive greens and all those. Those are my colours. That's my jam. Autumn is my jam. You're spring, aren't you? I'm not spring. I'm like late. I am May. So I don't know whether we would class that as late spring, early I guess. Because I'm not, not early spring. No. March can frankly do one. You're sprummer. You're I'm sprummer. sprummer. <laughs> I'm sprummer. And the reason is, obviously. Nice to meet you, sprummer. It is when, it's a pleasure. Oh, much obliged. Sprummer in autumn. Um, it is when the garden is looking its best. It's mm. woken up. It's all to come. You've got months of long summer days and, you see and all gardening your hard work and pottering. coming to fruition. Well, yes, but it's also I love to get up and make a cup of tea and go wander barefoot in the garden mm. and just have a like little commune with the little bees and say hello. And I like to chat to my plants sometimes. God, I sound a bit oh. insane, but I love it. And it's warm enough and it's light enough, and you don't have. You know, the, yeah. the light is still getting brighter. I think it's just such a time of hope and joy. So yeah. I am a, I'm a sprummer. Isn't it nice though? Seasons have that wonderful way of when you, you look forward to actually all of them. You sort of have this like, oh, I can't wait for that. And they have these moments that you really think about. It's like, oh, I love that. I can't wait for that. It's the joy of this country, isn't it? The different seasons. Jojo, tell me what's in, what's out. What's in has to be collagen yes yeah ancient and brave collagen for me that's going to be my my new mission i'm excited to give it a whirl it's going to be luscious hair sparkling skin but people are going to stop you in the street what's out pal you give me an out give me an out this week what's out out i'm going to say bugs literally Mm. the world and his wife have been sick over the last two three weeks had enough of it i've done my time in bed i'm ready to live life again so bugs are out sod off bugs out out bugs (laughs) out bugs out january Okay, Brill. Thanks, Paul. Love you. Love you. See you soon. Bye. Whoosh.
That's a wrap.